ओम ज्ञान चिरंधस्य ज्ञानंजन शलाकाय चक्षुर मिलितम येन तस्मै श्री गुरवे नमः गवनी क्वेश्चंस प्लीज राइट देम डाउन लेट्स ट्राई टू आंसर देम यू हैव अ क्वेश्चन देयर इन क्रोएशियन या या प्लीज रीड आउट Uh, may Jesus Christ bring us back to Krishna, or can 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 Jesus Christ bring bring us back to Krishna? Tell us, Jesus Christ, may we return to Krishna? Prabhupada was once asked that where does a person go who dies thinking of Jesus? Prabhupada said he'll go where Jesus is. He didn't say where Jesus was, but Prabhupada, following in the footsteps of his guru, accepted Jesus Christ as a Shaktyavish avatar. Avatar means one who comes down. Literally means one who comes down. So he came from the spiritual world to do some particular service. on behalf of the supreme lord he is understood to be a devotee of the supreme lord however uh, whether he'll say the problem is there that as uh, proper noted there's no proper parampara coming from jesus so it's difficult to receive jesus message as it is Jesus came to lead people to God but of course he gave very basic and primary lessons which by following them suddenly one can be benefited we see that to be a christian even today uh, we even with so many uh, misteachings as Prabhupada pointed out and even uh, objective scholars of christianity recognize that Jesus was almost suddenly a vegetarian and didn't teach to eat flesh and taught about reincarnation at least to some extent but these things were edited out largely edited out of the bible and out of the christian catechism but nevertheless even though modern christianity mostly portrays Jesus as a meat eater and a drunkard which is inaccurate uh nevertheless something is there people who are Christians have some concept of god which is better than no concept of god i have practical experience from about two years preaching in thailand where people I mean, if you if you said some word if you just made up some word and then and uh a gollyglism you know what a gollyglism is no you don't i don't either i just made up the word so if you just made up some word and then you ask people say what does that mean you say well it means like a a four-eyed squawker from the back of the palenpius did that make it any clearer to you no so similarly uh, i found in thailand trying to explain to people what god meant it was like that 
It's like it's very, like it's very difficult for them to catch any, for them to conceive of any such idea. Very deeply atheistic culture. And Thais are known as this, because they're Buddhists. Thais are known as the smiling Thais, because they're always smiling. But they don't, the only thing they don't like, everything's okay in their culture. They're the original hippies. Everything's okay. The only thing they don't like is if you start talking about God. So they're very atheistic. So definitely Christianity has had some effect, and practically we see that Catholicism compared to Protestantism, which is more defiant, Protestantism is more defiant of authority. And that's what it means, protest. So they defied authority and they're mostly much more impersonal than in the Catholic Church. They don't like to have icons or figures or paintings. Even though in Christianity the main icon of Jesus is of him being crucified, which is horrible. Why do they want to see him being crucified? But still, anyway, despite all its defects, Christianity has had some benefit. It's definitely some concept of God is there, some concept of moral principles is there, although in modern churches, they, modern churches in America, they're, they're having a lot of problems, they're split down the middle over arguments that, well, whether we should accept homosexual priests and lesbian priests and all this kind of thing, whether we should have, whether we should allow homosexual marriages with Christian rights and so they're split on this issue. So, uh, nevertheless, something is there. But uh, whether Christ can take you back to Godhead, well, he can. But can you connect with him? That is the question. Because connection, proper connection has to be made through the Parampara system. And the Parampara system is broken long ago. The pure teachings of Jesus aren't coming through. But even uh, even if he, even if you could directly contact with Jesus, still, what he taught is only very basic and primary. Prabhupada was more than once asked that is it better to be a demigod worshiper? And he was specifically asked about the worship of Kali than to be a worshiper than to be a Christian. Worshippers of Kali, they sacrifice animals to Kali. It's a very, it's a very low status, a very low level within Vedic culture. There's lower, but that's about the lowest level of anything regarded as acceptable within civilized society. And lower than that is uh, left-wing Shakta Tantra, which anyway, they do all kinds of horrible things. That's uncivilized, completely. Prabhupada said it's better to be a worshipper of Kali than a Christian, because at least they're within the Vedic culture. And he also said that even to be a, a rickshaw puller or the very low-class person in the in India, it's a better, he said any birth in India is better than any birth outside India. So to be a Christian, it's all relative, it's, it's better to be a Christian than not, but still it's much better to be a, within the Vedic culture, and then even within the Vedic culture it's far, far better to be a devotee of Krishna. 
So definitely those who are with some sincerity following Jews, they'll be benefited, but they'll be much, much more benefited if they take up Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Sankirtan movement. So as devotees have taken up Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Sankirtan movement, we don't need to take advice or guidance from Christians, and we're probably better off not doing so, because they're... At best, their, con their theistic concept is incomplete, and it's usually distorted also. Although he may, as Prabhupada did, appreciate, he appreciated that the Jesus as a devotee. But he also, when devotees were interested, he said, we'd like to study the Bible, we can preach better, and Prabhupada said, no, it's not necessary, better not to do that, better you study our own scriptures and understand them properly and fully. Because he said that even if you try to interpret the Bible according to a Christian concept, understand the Christians won't accept it anyway. So better you study our own scriptures. Which standards my di your disciples, I guess that means me, who's speaking now, should follow regarding accepting prasadam? Should they accept prasadam cooked only by initiated devotees? Well, I don't see that. Uh, <clears throat> I don't see why it should be any different from my disciples or any other disciples in this school. I mean, we're all supposed to be following standards given by Guru Sadhu and Shastra. What, what is the standard? The general standard is yes, we should only take that which is cooked by initiated devotees. Initiated means they're still following their initiation vows. That is the general standard. But we may, on occasion, take that which is cooked even not by, I mean, following Prabhupada's example, Prabhupada often took Prasad in the houses of life members, people who are following, pretty much following the regulations. So most of them were tea drinkers, some of them were onion eaters. But uh, Prabhupada would take in, he said only, we should only take in the home of life members, those who have done some service. And uh, personally, I have no objection to taking from people who are uh, not yet initiated but who are on the way to be initiated or they may offer something although generally we prefer to take that which is cooked by initiated devotees and offer to the deities but also if people come forward in that service mood they often people they like to serve sadhus and sadhus move in the world for the sake of trying to benefit others and no may not be much of a sadhu but if you take it up the on the uh, order of Prabhupada you've taken up the that position trying to be his representative so if people come forward to do some service we uh, even though we have to consider we can't take food cooked by anyone or any, but uh we try to reciprocate and then they, then they feel that there's some relationship and they feel this is right they feel obliged and then that encourages them in devotional service that's one of the austerities of being a sannyasi 
you may have to eat so many different things. Prabhupada says that the guru is a self-realized person. Does that mean that the guru can only be a self-realized person? Yeah, anyone who's self-realized is a guru. It's not only that... Oh, wait a minute. Which, which way around am I taking this? Either way. Does it mean that... Uh, I took it the other way. That only gurus are self-realized. So every person who's self-realized is a guru. Whether he has the officially initiating or not. Even if he's not preaching, he's guru by example. Does that mean that the guru should be self-realized? Yes. And that standard is given both in the Bhagavatam and the Mundaka Upanishad, both of which Prabhupada often quoted as to the Actually, the verse Prabhupada most quoted for the qualification of a guru is Jari Dhyako Tarekaha Krishna Upadesh Amaragya Guru Hayataro Idesh. Wherever you go, wherever you meet, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told, instruct people in the science of Krishna. In this way, in this way on my order, become a guru and deliver this land. <coughs> so Prabhupada would quote that. He would also quote from Srimad Bhagavatam. Tasmad Guru Prapadyeta Jigyasu Shreya Uttamam Shabde Parecha Nishnatam Ramanya Pashamashrayam Tasmad, this means therefore, this is just followed on the description of how everything in this material world is temporary and therefore useless. Even in the heavenly planets there's simply suffering and one has to fall from there. Therefore, one should... Uh, Surrender himself to a guru. As not gurum prapadyeta. Jignyasu shreya uttamam. One should inquire about one's, about the highest benefit that he can attain. Beyond that of the heavenly planets. Then, what are the qualifications of guru? Shabde pare cha nishnatam. He should be highly learned and in the Vedic scriptures, uh, Shabde and Pare regarding the Supreme Personality of Godhead. This is the word para can have various meanings, but Sridhar Swami, who's the original accepted commentator on the Bhagavatam, says that here this word Pare means uh, referring to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And uh, so that's one symptom. He should be highly learned, should be learned in the Vedic scriptures and Brahmanyu Prashamashrayam. He should have been uh, self-realized. He should have taken shelter of the Supreme Brahman. So Guru should be self-realized. Now, this can be a point of contention or doubt. And what does it mean to be self-realized? In one sense, everyone's Brahman realized. Even... Even in one sense, those who are, have no spiritual life whatsoever, they're on the Annamai platform. They, they perceive, every, everyone is perceiving Brahman, because there is nothing but Brahman. Everything that exists is Brahman. But on the lowest platform of realization, there is Annamai. One, one perceives Brahman as food. So everyone needs food. So that's also one perception of Brahman. That's, but that's on the material platform. 
So there are various levels, Anandamai, Pranamai, Gyanamai, Vigyanamai, Anandamai. These are various levels of realization of which Anandamai, Paramananda, Ananda Chinmaya Rasa Pratibhavita is understanding Krishna and the gopis. This is the highest level of Brahman realization. So there are various levels in between, but when it's between uh, being simply interested in food, which is the level of the lower species of life, like crabs, they're simply interested in food. So their level of Brahman realization, between that and realization of Krishna and the gopis, there are many levels. But uh, that is further qualified then by uh, Rupa Goswami, who says, Vacho Vegam, Manasa, Kroda Vegam, Jiva Vegam, Udarapastu Vegam, Etan Vegam, Yovishaheta, Dhira, Sarvamapimam, Pritivin, Shashishat. That one who has controlled the urges of the of speech, the mind, of anger, of the tongue, belly, and genitals, and who is thus dhira, self-controlled, he is qualified to make disciples all over the world. Anyway, it's a big question, but this is the answer according to Shastra. And it could be expanded more, but that's the basic answer. Should be self-realized. In other words, you know, you don't expect the guru to be going to a disco dance and all this kind of thing. There's different interest in this. It means fully absorbed. There should be no other interest in his life but Krishna consciousness. It should be sacrificed for giving that to others and absorbed in that. Uh, well, I guess you might as well, yeah. Although the English ones could generally come here. Yes, Arjuna is always fully Krishna conscious. There's no question of him being influenced by the external energy of the Lord, but sometimes Pure devotees appear to be influenced by the external energy of the Lord for the sake of exhibiting, uh, so, or, or for, this, for various reasons. One reason may be to uh, facilitate the pastimes of the Lord, as in this case Arjuna appeared to be like a bewildered soul lost in the darkness of Maya, as Prabhupada refers to Arjuna in one purport. So Arjuna appeared to be like that. Other reasons may be they uh, pure devotees, Nitya Siddha or eternally perfect devotees may appear to be in Maya for the sake of uh, exhibiting the glories of, of Bhakti. Just like for instance in the Bhakti Sandharva, Jiva Goswami quotes how uh, in the Nishinga Purana, I believe one of the Puranas, it was said that Prahlad Maharaj in a previous life he was a debauch who um, had an argument with his girlfriend and uh, he spent the, the whole night on Nishinga Chaturdashi 
awake in the temple, an, an abandoned temple. They had some trysts at an abandoned temple in the jungle, of an old abandoned Rishinga temple. So he remained awake all night, and as a result of that, and fasting, because they were so angry, they, were, they, were, they, were, they had an argument. So as a result of that, in the next life, he got such devotion to Lord Nishinga. So that, actually, for Lord Maharaj is a nitya siddha devotee. Like Narad Muni also, he became, he became Upabarhana, then he became a shudra, son of a shudra, but actually he's an eternally perfect devotee. But to show the efficacy of bhakti, that simply by observing the festival of Nishinga Dev, or simply by uh, taking the remnants of the great devotees and serving them, Narad Muni became perfect. So devotees, they may appear to go through uh, phases of being completely in Maya, but they're not. So Arjuna also, he wasn't actually in Maya, but he had apparently all the symptoms of being so. And then we have to consider how he understood the whole Bhagavad Gita just as Krishna spoke it. Whereas great scholars, they, they study all their life and still they misunderstand it. So Krishna says, I'm speaking this, the, the, the science of devotional service. What is that verse? Bhaktosi me sakajeti rahasyam hiya taduttamam This, uh, how does that verse begin? Mayate dya Krishna says, I'm speaking this verse to you, and I'm speaking this knowledge to you because you are my devotee and my very dear friend. Therefore you, therefore you can understand the mysteries of this science. So it wasn't that Arjuna was affected by the external energy of the Lord, but he was affected by the internal energy of the Lord, which was acting apparently like the external energy of the Lord. Because actually, the Mahamaya, or the external potency of the Lord, is an expansion of the Yoga Maya, the internal potency, the Asa Mohito Jiva, Atmanam Trigunatmakam, this external potency bewilders the conditioned soul, and the internal potency bewilders the perfect soul. So everyone's in Maya, except the Vaikuntavasis. They, they, uh, they also to some extent, but they, they know this is God, we are His servants. In lecture I heard that Kornitai deities don't accept offenses, and there is absolutely no offense we, we can commit in serving them. The lecture was by Mahavishnu Swami. Still we are getting reactions when we treat them improperly. Thank you. Tell please and don't read long. Well, Gornitai are very merciful, they may not set offenses, but they have their devotees also. Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Garada Shivasadi Gaur Bhaktavrinda. So their, their devotees may not be very pleased if you're not looking after them very nicely. By nature, the followers of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, they're very merciful, but they don't like it when when their worshipable lords are mistreated. So definitely Gornitai are very merciful, but if we shouldn't take advantage and think, well, ah, yeah, we don't have to bother, it's just Gornitai. Sometimes we hear like that. that you know, the deities, they didn't get, they're not being fed by, oh, it's okay, it's Gornitai. 
And that's a very wrong attitude. And we can never get devotion if we have such an attitude. Nowadays we see there, there's some idea that we can have, we'll worship Gornitai deities and even sometimes uninitiated devotees or just first initiated, but actually the standard Prabhupada had for worshiping Gornitai, he said that the standard doesn't have to be as high as for Radha Krishna, but he had the same standard for worshiping Gornitai as Radha Krishna, only there may be, he said in terms of only Gornitai, there may be less offerings and less arities, but it wasn't that you could just, you know, mistreat them. It was Brahmin initiated devotees only were supposed to worship Gornitai. That was the, that was the ISKCON standard. And that means it is the ISKCON standard, it's just that we're not following it. Another thing we hear sometimes, oh, the deities are uninstalled, so it doesn't matter. You know, if we, if we, uh, and we don't feed them properly or we just stick a banana in front of them once every three days or something. Don't even bother peeling it. That, uh, oh, it's, it's okay. The deities are not installed. What does it mean, not installed? Whoever heard of it, uninstalled What is this uninstalled deity? If you're worshipping, are, are you worshipping dolls or what? If you're worshipping, that means you're asking Krishna to accept your worship. That means installed, whether you had a ceremony or not. So this is another concoction. The deities are uninstalled, therefore you do whatever you like. The worshiping deities, you have to worship deities. Another nonsense, you buy some deities and then after some time you give them away if you don't feel like it anymore. And then I gave it to someone else. If you take up deity worship, you have to do it throughout your life. Then, when you're old and you're infirm and you can't do it anymore, then you may give your deities to a disciple or a son or anyone else if you can't find anyone. Not that, that you know, you, you, you're fed up, you don't feel like doing it anymore, you're too lazy or whatever. You take up deity worship, you have to continue throughout your life. Otherwise, that's offensive. So Prabhupada also said, that's well known now, how so he said we could distribute Gornitai and tell people these are Hare Krishna dolls. But that's not meant for, the, for people who have understood devotional service. We know that we treat them as dolls. That's for very neophyte people who Gornitai was, not even neophyte, that's even pre-neophyte sin. The neophytes are supposed to worship the deities, and that means worship the deities. Not treat them as dolls. Someone is asking for forgiveness for improper behavior in regards to me, but Often people say that, I don't know what they're talking about, I don't know what they did wrong, so in this case also. We're all making many offenses all the time. Aparada sahasrani kriyanti hanishammaya daso hamiti mamadva at the end of offering worship, I say this prayer. I'm making thousands of offenses day and night. But considering me your servant, O Madhusudan, who killed the demon Madhu, you please forgive me. So 
we may commit offenses, but we should not try to commit offenses, and we should beg forgiveness for offenses, and we shouldn't become lax. So it's good to, just like in this case, to ask forgiveness for offenses, even if we didn't commit any, because we may have, unknowingly. Hmm, then you have some questions. Ah. Ah. Read it in Croatian. Yeah, I noticed that also, but it didn't create doubt in me because I understand that whatever Prabhupada does is perfect, he's not cheating us. If you want to understand this, if, if you really want to understand this and you're prepared to take the trouble to do so, please read Shivaram Maharaj's book called The Bhaktivedanta Purpose, in which he explains, and it's a very scholarly book, that's why I'm saying if you're taking the trouble to read it, you have to, you have to really apply your brain, it's not like reading a cartoon. You read this book and it replies to the accusations of so-called scholars. Sadaputabhava is a good word, squalors, he calls them squalors. You can't translate that in Croatian. The squalors who have criticized that Prabhupada's Gita as it is is actually not Gita, it's Gita as it is not. Because, you see, it says, Sita Pragyasya Kabhasha. How does, well, and not in that verse, but there are many verses like, Yogi, Prabhupada translate, devotee. Buddhi Yoga, Prabhupada. Prabhupada said, this means devotional service. In the text it says, Buddhi Yoga. So it appears to be a dogmatic translation. Shivara Maharaj analyzes in detail how the scholars are simply squalors. That means they're in the in the Maya of Maya. Maya means M-I-R-E. The Maya, the dirt, which means the same thing as squ squalid. This is all a play on words. You can't understand. Maya, they're in the darkness of Maya, in not understanding that Prabhupada's Gita is as it is. And actually when Krishna spoke Bhagavad Gita to Arjuna, he superficially he explained about karma yoga, jnana yoga and dhyana yoga. But actually the only thing he is promoting is bhakti yoga. I, Krishna had no intention to convert Arjuna, who is his pure devotee, into a karmi or a jnani. He had no such intention. So he discussed these things, but the, actually the only subject matter is devotional service. So all, actually all the Shastra, there are many, many levels of meaning. Krishna Tulla Bhagavat Bibhusabhashroi Prati Shloke Prati Okare Nana Artha Khoi. In Chaitanya Charitamrita stated that Srimad Bhagavatam is like Krishna is absolutely on the same level of Krishna, non-different to Krishna, 
uh, as powerful and Krishna, as Krishna and give full shelter to everyone as Krishna. And every verse and every syllable has many, many, many meanings. So actually there's only one meaning which is Krishna. And there's another meaning beyond that also, which that can also be considered. Um, now in the, in the Bhagavad itself, Krishna says, we just had, actually last night, I had a long discussion with Purnachandra Prabhu on this point where Krishna instructs Uddhava Prabhu that Parokshavada Rishiyo Parokshang Chatmamapriyaha that the Rishis, they speak in indirect language. And indirect language is very dear to me. Indirect narrations are very dear to me. So there are many uh, points in the Bhagavad which can be accepted directly as it is. And But actually many of the important points, the most important things in Bhagavatam, they require explanation by the Acharyas because they are not as they seem to be. Just particularly, uh, many times we see the, the gopis are praising Krishna, but actually they're chastising him and indirectly. So, there may, similarly in Bhagavad Gita, there are so many uh, subtleties going on. That's why Arjuna, he could understand immediately that Krishna, he wants me to be his devotee and not to be lamenting like a karmi. So Krishna instructed so many things, but actually the only thing he was instructing was bhakti yoga. So superficially he was instructing karma, jnana, yoga, all these different things. And the verse, when Krishna says yogi, that can be understood in uh, as any kind of yogi, or it can be understood as a... Uh, Ashtanga Yogi, which is when we say Yogi, we usually consider like that, although it can mean Karma Yoga, Karma Yoga, Karma Yogi, Jnana Yogi, Jnana Yogi, or bhak, uh, Bhakti Yogi. But specifically, Krishna means Bhakti Yogi. How that is so, you please read Shiva Maharaj's books and, and you can understand in full. See, as I, I started off all this answer by saying that when I first read, I, I mean, it, it doesn't take a brilliant scholar to notice that the words of Gita are sometimes apparently dogmatically translated by Prabhupada. But it, as I said, it didn't create any doubt in me because why? Because um, I accept or understand that Prabhupada is the emissary of Krishna, the absolute truth, and everything he says is, as Prabhupada himself once explained, that everything he said, these books are not written by me, they're written by Krishna. That uh, Krishna dictates to me what to say. So everything, it, Prabhupada is a transparent via medium, not opaque, translucent. Everything he says comes from Krishna. So actually when we say it's Bhagavad, Bhagavad Gita with the translation, it's Krishna's translation. It is as it is. It is absolutely correct. Of course a few mistakes were put in by the editors and transcribers, just like the planet of the trees and funny things like that. 
if you see the old edition of Bhagavad Gita, Macmillan edition, there is a planet of trees. Actually, it's supposed to be pit trees. But those who are transcribing, they never, they didn't, it's the early days of the movement, they never heard of pit trees. So they thought it must be in trees. There's a planet of the trees. So some people say, you see, it's very bad, you shouldn't edit Prabhupada's books and it should remain as it is, but that's not what Prabhupada said. Prabhupada said a planet of pit trees. So it was published for many years that there's a planet of the trees. So, uh, I mean, it doesn't change the philosophy. The philosophy is still perfect, but it's, it's a technical mistake. And many were made in Prabhupada's books for various reasons, which to a large extent have been corrected now. But whatever Prabhupada says is completely perfect in terms of Siddhanta, although there may be um, there may be faults in the in the how do we say that in the manner of presentation, just like Prabhupada's English wasn't perfect. His message was perfect. Can a disciple spiritually benefit from following the instruction a little bit of English correction huh? of a guru who preaches properly as it is but secretly is not up to spiritual standards let's say watches kami movies eats unacceptable food etc therefore do we follow a guru as a person as a principle or both very interesting question uh, yes you can benefit from taking proper instruction from any fool or rascal. As we were saying that even people are benefited from following modern churchianity or Christianity, which is not exactly what Christ taught. Of course you don't get the... They're not even preaching properly what Christ taught, but they're preaching something. So people get benefit. Of course they don't get the full benefit they would get if they if the church teachers were preaching actually what Christ said fully and they don't and if they were following fully so they get some benefit um, do we benefit from hearing from a guru who preaches properly but himself is a hypocrite and a deviant um, now, a lot depends on the attitude of the... Actually, much depends on the attitude of the disciple. Because Krishna's bhava-grahi janardana, he accepts the attitude of a devotee. So, if a, if a disciple is sincere, he can benefit from the proper instructions of a guru. Even if the guru himself is not behaving properly, but... Actually, such a person is not fit to be a guru because he can't properly demonstrate the life of a devotee. It's understood that a devotee is in need of guidance by a, by a guru, and not just, otherwise he could just read the book. Why do you need a guru? But a guru demonstrates in his life. That's the meaning of acharya. 
Achinoti Yashastratam acts according to Shastra, preaches according to Shastra, and establishes the principle of Shastra by his, by his behavior. So, uh, w when it is observed, and it will be observed, that he is not behaving properly, then it will create doubts in the mind of the disciple and be understood that he's actually not realized what he's saying. And almost certainly someone who starts to act in a, in a manner which is contrary to that of Shastra, then he won't be able to go on repeating the message of Shastra as it is. He will start to, in his, if he starts to, to compromise in his behavior, then he will also start to compromise in his teaching. He will he'll become soft in his teachings or he won't, he won't be able to keep that up. The weight, either the, uh, either he will, he will say, well, it's, he'll start to comrades, well, it's not so bad. You see, you should start to watch a few movies and then you can, yeah, you've heard all these silly arguments, then you can relate better with the kamis and, and then they can accept you better. He may, st or, otherwise what will happen is if the, uh, the weight of, it's a heavy role, guru means heavy, so the, the weight of those instructions will press on him, and his, the, the fact that he's not living up to what he's teaching will, will, uh, drive him crazy, actually. He won't be able to bear, Guru means heavy, Prabhupada means, means heavy with knowledge. So he won't be able to bear the weight of that knowledge if his foundation in proper behavior is not strong enough. The Guru can bear the weight of that knowledge on the foundation of his own proper behavior. So actually the, the two things won't go on very long. It cannot remain. That which is fixed on the sat platform, sadhu means sat, is fixed on the platform of eternity, of reality. So that which is real will continue. That which is sat will continue. That which is asat, it will not remain. It cannot remain very long. So often we see deviations in our ISKCON society, it's, you know, the law, it's this year's fashion. What's this year's deviation? The latest deviation. So we know it's like that. It'll come and it will, it'll come and it will go. So in one sense we don't have to root it out because it will come and it will go and some will go with it. So better to be on the sad platform, don't be deviated. As Pona Chandra Prabhu was saying this morning, that devotees, they have a responsibility 
to understand what is the Siddhanta of Gauriya Vaishnavism. So that when someone who was preaching the Siddhanta starts to preach Upper Siddhanta and starts to act uh, not on the Siddhantic level, then they should be wise enough to accept that. They should be knowledgeable enough to accept that. So it is the duty of every devotee in this movement to read Prabhupada's books and study those books. As Prabhupada once asked some of his disciples, are you studying my books? And the devotee said, yes, Prabhupada, we're reading your books every day. Prabhupada said, are you studying my books? So it's the duty of the disciples to, of the followers to go very deeply in, into understanding Prabhupada's books. And even though I'm writing books also, as on Prabhupada instructed, is that especially sannyasis, it's their first duty to make some literary contribution to the uplift of human society. Still we have to stress that in the, uh, the present time there are many books being circulated in the Krishna conscious movement apart from Prabhupada's books, but Prabhupada's books are the basis. Prabhupada's books are the law books for the next 10,000 years. So you may read so many different books, but uh, the, the, the center of our study has to be Prabhupada's books. And other books and other teachings, we have to understand them only in the light of Prabhupada's teachings. That is the standard in our movement. Prabhupada is the founder of Acharya of this movement. And any teachings which are in the line of Prabhupada, that is Parampara. And if it's not in the line of Prabhupada, then it's not Parampara. The difficulty is that not, often non-Parampara teachings are propagated within ISKCON. So that, because that makes it difficult because it's not just that non-Parampara teachings are going on outside of ISKCON, but they're going on within the society also. Therefore, we have to be very uh, strict to follow those who strictly follow Prabhupada and ourselves be learned. We have to take the trouble to read Prabhupada's books. He took so much trouble to, to write the books. And it's our duty as followers of Prabhupada to, to study them carefully. Hmm. you have any more questions? <laughs> this is a funny question. Can you please share with us any of your leelas with Srila Prabhupada? Well, from Prabhupada's point of view, it's a leela. From my point of view, it's, you know, it's not exactly a leela. Uh, I was asked this question many times. Devotees are eager to hear about Prabhupada. So I wrote a book. It's called My Memories of Srila Prabhupada. It's on sale out there. Everything I can remember. It's in there. I guess from your point of view, out of your kindness, you might think of it as my Leela, Bhaktivikaswami's Leela. That would be your kindness. I know it's not, not objective. Yeah. 
Well, that was also discussed by very nicely by Purnachandra Prabhu. Which he also discussed in more detail today how, well, first of all, blind following means without Shastra knowledge. How do we see? We see through the eye of Shastra, Shastra Chakshuru. So we have to see through the eye of Shastra. But, as he was again explaining this morning, Shastra, that's also, they have a phrase, Bible bashing. Maybe immediately, maybe not immediately. That's under Krishna's arrangement. Although we don't very much like this word mystical, but actually in many ways the guru-disciple relationship and the role of guru is mystical. Otherwise, how can a guru who is a jiva, after all, have so much uh, ability to communicate Krishna, who is unlimited? So this goes on by the arrangement. Even in this lifetime, we are all coming in contact with Guru by the mercy of Krishna. Pramanda Brahmite Kono Bhagavan Jeev Guru Krishna Prasade Pai Bhakti Lata Bij. We are wandering within the universe and some fortunate jiva by the mercy Krishna sees that this person, all right, now you get a guru. And guru trains, now you get Krishna. So by the mercy of Krishna you get guru and then by the mercy of guru you get Krishna. How exactly that works? That works by Krishna's arrangement in various wonderful ways. Hmm. Do you want to try and maybe you'll have a better chance with that? We have a Slovenian body here, yeah. Or maybe, why don't you, whoever wrote the question, please write it out again in Slovenian. Presumably it's a Slovenian person who wanted to try to make it easier for Vir Chandra Prabhu. So please rewrite it in Slovenian and then Kishore Prabhu can translate it afterwards. That must be an older Slovenian person because the young ones all know English, isn't it? Pretty much. So anyway, next question. <laughs> the what? The practice? The practice of doing pranayama and asana isn't introduced since it has been proved that most of the people cannot specify their minds and hear Mahamantra and thus become. Uh, deeper. Why shouldn't we meditate a bit?
It has been proved. Has there been a scientific study made? I doubt it. Why not introduce these things? Well, actually, in the traditional process of deity worship, that's also there, but Prabhupada didn't introduce these things. Yeah, he didn't very much want devotees to get into these things because, well, there may be various reasons for that. Generally, pranayama, pranayama and asan is connected with the mystic yoga system, which uh, is a long, slow process and often leads towards an impersonal kind of realization. So there may be many things actually which could be helpful in our devotional service. Many, many things. I mean, practically you could spend your whole life uh, taking up subsidiary processes that could help us in our devotional service. There are many books you could read which could help you to function as a physically and uh, socially as a better person. There are many books on you know, how to how to control your anger and be a better person, and they have many tips on this and uh, seven habits of highly successful people, which give some idea how you can be highly successful on the material platform, which could theoretically or practically be used in Christian consciousness. And like this, there are many, many books and there are many, many processes. There are many things you can do for good health and for helping to control and calm the mind, which could be helpful in Krishna's service. But then, how to choose which ones to use? There are so many, there are so many different techniques. So, simply we follow what Prabhupada gave us, which uh, doesn't mean that we can't do various things, but it doesn't mean that we can, for instance, uh, incorporate various things on the material platform which can help us who are on the material platform to uh, to help us to gradually approach the spiritual platform. But at the same time we see Prabhupada, he put a lot of emphasis on bhakti and the power of the holy name and the mercy of Krishna. That we should, our, our general attitude to be, should be that we should follow the process of bhakti yoga and depend on the mercy of Krishna. So we, we find in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna addresses this problem of the one, Arjuna addresses Krishna with the problem of the wandering mind. Krishna speaks to Arjuna about the Ashtanga Yoga system, in which one, the first thing is, uh, uh, what is that, Sucho Deshe Pratishtapya, first one should go to a sanctified place. And then, uh, Again, I can't remember, but Vijitasanam, it's mentioned one should sit in asam, and then controlling the breath and all these different things. It's described, Krishna describes this process, and Arjuna rejects it. He says, but the mind is too difficult to control by this process. And Krishna agrees. He says, that's right, you're right, it is difficult to control the mind, but it is possible by... Uh, practice and detachment. But then Krishna gives uh, 
he, he gives the formula, a very simple formula, which we can apply in Bhakti Yoga. Um, that the mind is always going away because that is the nature of the mind. It is unsteady and unfixed. Therefore, Krishna says, whenever you find the mind has gone away, bring it back. This is the process which Krishna recommends in Bhagavad Gita. He spoke to Arjuna about pranayama, nasa and all these things and Arjuna, he rejected that and Krishna accepted his rejection. And, but this process, the, the mind, you, by practice, you practice bringing the mind back again and again. This we can follow. That is recommended by our Acharyas. So if you're very much attached to this yoga process, you can also do it. But we don't recommend it very much. It may not do much harm. It may do also if you become more attached. Then you might start thinking, well, actually this is better for controlling my mind than telling Hare Krishna. And then you become more interested in yoga siddhanta of the Nayavadis than of bhakti siddhanta of the devotees. Hmm. Did we get our Slovenian question? Hmm. We, well, you can read it out. Why don't you say it in Croatian or whatever language you speak? Okay. All right. I have six minutes, theoretically. Left. Uh, in is um, offending the devotees who have uh, given dedicated their lives dedicated to propagate their lives the holy name to the Lord all yes, over the yes, world. Yes. Second offense. Uh -huh. Does it mean that if we criticize devotees who have been engaged for most of, most of their lives in the devotional service? Does it mean that if we criticize devotees, that most of their lives spent spend most of their lives uh, by serving Krishna and then they uh, fell from the path of the devotional service. Uh, or if we criticize the activities they have been doing while being engaged in the, in the devotional service, is it also considered to be an offense to the holy name? 
Dakle, prvo uvrede svetom imena i kritizirati bakte koji su posvetili svoje živote šenje slavate svetog imena i ako mi sada kritiziramo bakte koji su veći dio svog života služili Krišnu, ali onda su pali i onda su, ili ako kritiziramo aktivnosti koje su oni vršili dok su obavljali prirodno služenje da li je to također uvreda svetom imenu? In other words, we do, to blaspheme someone and to criticize them is not necessarily the same thing. To bl- blasphemy means there's a, an offensive attitude. Criticism, originally in English, meant to be an, an, ob- an objective um, analysis. Criticism didn't necessarily mean something negative. Even now, sometimes we say literary criticism, it doesn't, it may mean to show the, the, the good points in the literature also. Some years ago, some, this was during the great, as Kundali Prabhu calls it, Maha Mega, the Maha Mega Acharya era, during the Zongla Acharya period, when there were the, the Maha Mega Acharyas. So some devotees became very critical, I mean, they were very critical of that. And they, they, were, to, they were told they were being blasphemous, although later it was seen that their criticisms were correct. But then we see that those who became very critical, even though they became very critical in a sense they were very negative, that even though their criticisms were correct, those who became very critical in that way, most of them, they also fell down. So we should be careful. We shouldn't be foolish. We should use our powers of discrimination. We should use our powers of doubt. That is one of the functions of intelligence. We should see the good. All these things have to be balanced. We shouldn't see the good so much that to, to the extent that we don't differentiate between that which is not good and take both to be the same. But at the same time we shouldn't have uh, malicious, envious, critical attitude towards others. But one thing that's stated in Nectar of Devotion is that one should be very intolerant of blasphemy towards the Lord and His pure devotees. So even if someone has performed devotional service very nicely for many years, if due to whatever it may be due to, they become blasphemous of the Lord and His pure devotees, we should be very intolerant towards them. Hare Krishna, it's 12 o'clock, I believe, but the Tirta Maharaj is in seminar now, is he here?
Yeah. Anyway, even if he's not here, then you can all take a leg stretch. Stretch your legs. Turn Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Thank you very much for all your association. I'm leaving after a few hours, supposed to be. Hmm? Only three questions. Well, it takes me about five minutes to answer each question. So. Potrebno ako pet minuta za svako pitanje, tako da. Maybe you could ask Pati Tirta. Možete pitati Pati Tirta manaraja. Maybe better. To je bilo bolje. Thank you for your kindness.